Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Well, I'm excited that you're all here. Those watching online, so glad you're with us. If you could do me a favor here and those watching, like it, share it. If you care, you'll share. And so pass on the message. We're going to talk about hope. God is with us. God with us makes all the difference in the world. We have to really, truly get that. How many have gone through something and you felt alone? Raise your hand. Okay, yeah, yeah. How many of you know God said he is your Emmanuel, he's with you, but you still felt alone? Hmm. So when you're in situations like that, here's the question. What do you have to do to change the way you feel? Because you know what you know, but your feelings sometimes dictate everything else. How many understand what I'm saying? So sometimes our emotion gets a hold of us. We made up many acronyms last year about hope. And one of the acronyms was holding unto promises every day. I like the other one, holding on to prayer every day, because if you hold on to prayer, you're going to definitely know his promises. Amen? You know, Robert Shuler had a little quote that I really like. Let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. Let your hope, not your hurts, shape your future. Because when you focus on those things that are heavy on you or you're disappointing or they bring you down, what happens to your soul? What happens to your vessel? You go down with it. You start to focus on the negative, and negative thinking is not of God. Someone say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> How many of you ever heard the saying, there's hope at the end of the tunnel? How many heard that? Well, one day when I was working in Missouri, I worked at the um, Assemblies of God uh, district office. And so I had a, a job there of cleaning up the offices, and it's a, it was a pretty big building. And I used to love that little saying, the light is always on at the end of the tunnel. I always said it was hopeful. It's like walking in a tunnel, and you see the light, and it, when you see the light, you know what direction to go in. But, but I went that day, and I was cleaning the building, talking to people, da-da-da, and I came to a, a desk, that right on a desk, big, big piece of paper said, the light at the end of the tunnel has been temporarily disconnected. <laughs> and I started to think about that. And I said, isn't that what hope sometimes does? We have hope, but all of a sudden something happens and it just diminishes our hope. And somebody sometimes, sometimes can shut off the light at the end of the tunnel on you. You have hope, yeah, God's going to do it. Yeah, but he didn't do it with such and such. And they just pile on this, all this negative stuff. And you go, hey, that's true. Mm, that's true. Mm, mm. And all of a sudden, instead of you going, God can, you're like, uh, I'm not sure anymore. Someone shut your light off, didn't they? Never let someone shut your light off. You're in control of your hope in God. Someone say amen. When you know who you are, when you know what God has done for you from your past, you know the same God who worked in your past is working in your present. Someone say amen. When you understand what he's doing in the present, you don't have to worry about the future. When they gave me uh, that diagnosis, I told the doctor, that's what you say, but you don't know the facts. That's what I told her. You see, because I don't care. Whatever happens... 
My mind did not go to all of the naysayers. Now, it could possibly be, and you know what? We still carry the same hope. It doesn't change the God in which we believe in. Someone say amen. When it happens good, you praise him. When it doesn't happen so good, you praise him. Your condition of praise is not dictated by your situation you have. Because in God, God is with us. Someone say, God with us. If God is with you, it should bring a smile. Go ahead, just practice. God is with you. Smile. Ah, that would look so much better. You look better smiling, by the way. Did you know that? Look at your neighbor and say, look, how do I look? How do I look? Many people put their hopes on many things. I read something sometime back, and I thought I... Read it to you. And it's a true story that happened in 2017. It was two commercial fishermen. And where I come from, we have a commercial fisherman fleet in New Bedford and and around the areas. And and so these guys, John Eldridge and Anthony Soniski, were coming out of Montunuk, Montunuk, Long Island. And um, they were out going fishing. And they were all getting ready. It was, everything was fully full, uh, full steam ahead. And as they went out about 40 miles offshore, Anthony was sleeping and below deck. John, on the other hand, was getting ready for uh, what they were about to catch. They were getting the catch ready, uh, putting everything in order. And so he was pulling on this really heavy cooler. And when he was pulling on his heavy cooler, the, the handle broke. And when the handle broke, he just went right off the boat. While his buddy was sleeping below. Now, the boat was on automatic pilot. They're really great on a boat. I love automatic pilot. But in this case, it didn't work out very good. <laughs> and he just kept, the boat kept on cruising. And so finally, when he finally came to, he saw the boat, but it was quickly gone. There he was off the boat with no life preserver in the middle of the ocean. And nobody knows he's not on the boat. He yelled at his, his um, friend Anthony sleeping, hoping that he would hear him. But, of course, would you hear him if you were sleeping? <laughs> no. Didn't hear him at all. John watched the boat go far away until he could not see him anymore. So he started treading water. Here he was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean without a life vest. And he said to himself, this is a day I'm going to die. Can you imagine what he must have felt? I want you to think about it for a moment. If there's been a hopeless situation, this could be it. I mean, how would you respond? How would you react? While John was trying to calm down and quiet his thoughts of certain death, he realized that his boots were rising to the surface. So he said to himself, if I take off my boots... It had air in it, which was really good because if water would have filled up, it would have been really bad for him. But they still had air. And so because his legs kept on going up, he took his boots off, filled it up with air, and made them into a life preserver and put them underneath his arms. And that gave him hope. Someone said hope. Sometimes we have to look at the little things in the midst of the problems, in the midst of the pressure, and look at the little things that sometimes gives us some hope. He found a little hope in that because these boots became very buoyant. And so he started to float there for a while until some shocks came around him. 
And he said, okay, I'm not going to drown. I'm going to get eaten by sharks. And so the sharks just went in circles for about 20 minutes, about 15 feet away. And finally, the sharks went away. There he continued to think. And he said, no one even knows where I am. They don't even know that I'm off the boat. He started thinking about the family and all these thoughts coming through his mind. But he had this one thing in mind. He said, but if I could only stay alive through the night, maybe somebody will find me in the morning. So hour after hour, hour after hour, floating after he's just floating all through the night until the break of day. It was until the break of day, he, somewhere in front of him, he saw a fishing buoy. He made his way to the fishing buoy to get on top of it. And so all of a sudden, he said to himself, I got some hope now. Now it's just not the boots. I got this fishing buoy. So that gave him another hope. Someone say a little bit more hope. I want you to understand that he was keeping calm. He was recognizing, but he didn't give up the ship in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So now the buoy popped up and he realized, well, his buddy, Anthony, realized he's off the boat. He looked for him and he's not on the boat. He finally calls the Coast Guard. In the process of all calling the Coast Guard, they, they got a lot, a lot of sea to cover. But he finds this broken handle of the cooler. And he recognizes that John was probably doing a certain task at a certain time, preparing, and they had a ritual. They had a duty. They know when they would do what during the process, and they could calculate it. And so he told this Coast Guard, and it wasn't long, wasn't long that they finally saw John on the buoy. And John saw the helicopter. He started kicking the water, splashing, you know, and finally the rescuer. I love this part. The rescuer came. And while the rescue, rescuer came to him, he said, we've been looking for you for 12 hours. And he said to him back, I've been looking for you for 13. <laughs> I want you to get this aspect of a man who was pushed in a situation that he thought there was no hope. And we often go into situations with a negative. We allow negativity. We don't understand that if God started something, you're good. Look at your neighbor and say, you're good. No matter what comes your way, there is a promise. God with us. God with you. Say, it, say this, God with me. You got to personalize it because God wants you to know it's for you. I don't know about you, but there's been times, there's been times and situations that we go through things and we have to really get the heart of God. And what is God saying? You know, there's always a whisper of hope. What was the whisper of hope that John had? The whisper was these boots are flotation. They, if you put air in them, they can hold you up. There is a whisper. Now, there's a whisper of negativity that will pull you down, but there's also a whisper of hope that comes from God. When I almost died of a um, scuba diving accident and where I was just about to suck in the water and stuff because I was just too drained because of the whole situation that took place and losing the reserve rod and the whole story goes, 
You've heard it before. But nevertheless, I was about to give up. I could not break the surface. I could not do it. I had nothing left in the vessel at all where I was limped head over. I was just about to take in that breath until, until, until the whisper of hope came. Let go of your weight belt. It is a simple procedure that every scuba diver knows, but in the midst of the problem and the situation, we sometimes forget the common knowledge that we know. And those words were so clear, so loud, that in the very little energy, I just flipped the little belt clip off. And when it came up, because of my buoyancy of my suit, I went right to the surface, and today I'm talking to you. Because of a voice, that whisper, a voice. God will always give you hope, what you need, when you need it, but you need to have that relationship with God. Someone say relationship with God. So let me ask you a couple questions. What do you say to yourself when things are difficult? Because it happens, doesn't it? It pours when it rains. Hmm? What? turns into a few snowflakes, turns into a storm. But what do you tell yourself? The hope of God. Do you believe God with you? You got to believe it. You got to know God's word is true. Even when, even when there's voices, there's static, there's situations, there's problems, there's all kind of stuff going on. But in the midst of it, there is testimonies being worked out as well. God is working. God is always doing more than one thing. Someone say amen. But you got to believe it. you got to see it. you got to know it. It starts with relationship with God. What do you do when the odds are against you? What do you do when you get that report? What do you do when someone says something? What do you do when all of a sudden something happens? Where, you, where does your mind go? Well, determine, determine where your soul goes because in some sense, if you go negative, it drains you. But does God want to fill you? The Bible says, be ye filled continuously. By the Spirit of God. So you have to take the time to know God with us. Wait a minute. Changes the equation. Someone say change the math equation. Ooh. Did you get there? I don't care. You can be a, you want to complain, go right ahead and have a miserable life. I, I, when I come to complainers, there are some people who will never stop complaining. They're just, they're chronic complainers. I want to ask yourself and challenge yourself, stop complaining about the goodness and greatness of God. God, even in the midst of your problems and the circumstances and situations, God's always doing something good to you. Say amen. amen. Because it's true. There's always two trains in life. There is this train that things are not going the way we want, but there's things that we have, God has done. What train are you going to ride? So I want to take you on a journey today. Because you need to choose the attitude you carry in those tough times because there is hope. There is always hope. The people of Israel were crying for hope. They wanted a Messiah. And they had promises after promises after promises about God sending them their deliverer. They were in problems. They were in situations and circumstances that were hard. Sometimes when we face situations that are hard, we complain like crazy. We have no electricity, and, but we have a roof over our head. How many know that some people have no electricity and no roof because a tornado just took it all? There's always something you can be thankful for. Your attitude is always reflected to our gratitude. Look at your neighbor and say, that's true. That's 
So how long, O oh God, was the cry of ancient Israel? How long, O oh God? The people were looking for a deliverer. They were looking for the Messiah. Isaiah is a prophet that is proclaimed most in the New Testament. Matter of fact, there are 65 times in the New Testament that Isaiah is spoken about. Matter of fact, Isaiah is about 700 years before Jesus was to come. And it's full of prophetic encouragements to say God had a plan and God still has a plan. And no matter where you find yourself today, no matter what you find yourself today, say this to yourself, there is hope. You've got to get hold of God's hope. Because when you get God's hope, you get God's peace. People are trying to get the peace, but they don't know the God of hope. There's a God of hope. Look at this portion of scripture. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call him Emmanuel, God with us. God was speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And he was speaking to the king of Ahaz. And he says to the king of Ahaz, listen... Ask anything you want from the deepest depth to the highest of highest heights. Ask anything, but Ahaz would not ask God anything. And so finally God spoke up through the prophet Isaiah and proclaimed what God was going to do. A great work of bringing forth the Messiah through a virgin. We reread in Matthew chapter 122 to 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, come on, everybody say now, God with us. When next time you have a problem, next time you, we're all going to go through problems. Listen, I tell people all the time, we live in a broken world. We're all broken. That's why Jesus came to heal us. And when you go through some situations and some stuff, someone say stuff. We're going to go through some stuff. There's some Difficult things in life. We all know that. But how many can just remind yourself that God is with you? And if God is with you, he's also for you. Amen? Look what Isaiah says in a little bit after chapter 7. In verse 9, verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, therefore, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun. And the land of Naphtali, Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee and the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. And yet we read as God comes into the picture when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the sea in the area of Zebulun. Zebulun. I don't know what my problem is this morning. And Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of the death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. That's promise. I want you to understand something. What are you looking for God to do? If God was working with his people, do you think he's not working with you? 
If God promised he's with his people, is he also with you? Doesn't he say greater is he that's in what? Than in the Well, if that be true, the next time you're challenged with something that comes your way, know who your God is. Stay firm. Stand firm. Let God lead you because God wants to do a great work in you. Amen? Amen. Let's look at this portion of Scripture. 700 years before Jesus is to come, God has a plan. Before the foundation of the world, God had a plan for you and I. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us... A child is born to us, a child is given, and his government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Watch this, watch this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I want to encourage the zeal of the Lord will accomplish it in your life. Give him some praise in the house of the Lord. What are you wanting God to do? He'll do it in your life. The zeal of the Lord will do it. Because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. Yeah, but pastor, I don't know how he's going to do it. I know. Well, pastor, I had had all this take place. I I don't get it. I know. Pastor, why? I know. Sometimes we don't know at the moment. But we do know what his word says, and we do know the promises of who God is. God with us. Let me take you to a portion of scripture that, um, I I don't know, it just fulfills this. Look what it says. Matthew 20, Matthew 2, verse 3. When King Herod heard that this was, he was disturbed. I'm talking about the wise men here. And all Jerusalem with him, when he had called together all the people and chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Listen to what they said. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophets has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I, I too, may worship him. I want you to understand this. God, if God did all this so that we can understand the the greatness of God, he's still working great hope in your life. He's still working a plan. Someone say he's working my plan out. For a child has been given. To us, a son is given, and the government should be upon his shoulders. He has to be ruler of your life in order for him to lead you. But how about, how about, if you've been living in the Lord for a long time, and God then shows up one day and brings you great hope. But what if, what if, you're just not on the same page? There is a portion of scripture that I really love, and I also have a hard time with it. It comes from this portion of scripture in Luke chapter 1. In the time of Herod, uh, um, 
yeah, in the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a prophet named Zechariah who belonged to the priest division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a, dis, a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations, blameless. Some would say blameless. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the customs of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incenses. And when the time of the burning of the incense come, came, all of the assembly worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to give his name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other ferment drinks, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Many of the people of Israel will bring back, he will bring back many people of Israel back to the Lord, their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. That, that alone should have caused him to go, oh my. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom and the righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now watch verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can it be sure of this? I am old. And my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at this proper time. Meanwhile... The people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple. For he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Let's focus for a moment here. Because you have to realize what took place. Here was Zechariah, the, the best lineage one could come from, right from the priest. They were blame, blameless. God says that they did everything right. And God's about to answer him, but he didn't answer when he first prayed it. They are now old. They no longer are even thinking about that prayer request. But is it funny how God never forgets your prayer request? You know why? Because God knows your heart. God knows your heart. I want you to get this. Because hope is dismantled in our hearts sometimes because we don't understand what God is doing. I want you to get this because this is really, really important. God does not call us because we understand everything he's doing. God calls us to obedience and to trust him even when we don't know what he is doing. Amen? 
How many can think of a situation or circumstance in your life that you just don't know what God's doing, okay? I can raise my hands, my feet, um, anything else I have, I can just... I don't get it sometimes. I really don't. But I do know that God has not asked me to understand everything he's doing. He has called me to be obedient in everything I do. And that whatever I do, not to do it passively, but to do it wholeheartedly. And so in the midst of it, God sends Gabriel, the angel who stands before God, and he brings him hope for the future. For his own legacy, he's saying, you know what? I've saved the best for last. I am going to have the forerunner. You have been so faithful that I know you wanted children and you didn't get them when you wanted them. But with God, all things are possible. Hello? Sometimes we can't understand that because when we have a breakfast, we want it. What is the word? Yeah, 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 yeah. If my pizza didn't show up on time, I want that free. That's the thing. If I don't get it within half an hour order, I get free pizza. Well, they used to do that. They don't do that no more. <laughs> Sometimes we wish that our pizza was late, right? I want you to get this because God gave hope, but he couldn't receive it. And this is the thing that I get at the story. He couldn't receive it because he couldn't get past, watch this, watch this, his own thinking. His own reasoning. You see, it was always about what he was thinking, how he perceived it. Wait a minute. We're old. How can this be? I'm old now. She's old. We can't have children. He had unbelief. But you don't, you got to get this. Here's an angel who shows up in the holy place as he's offering incense. Okay? They would do it in the morning and they'd do it at night. And he's the only one in that room. <laughs> and someone shows up, and it's an angel of God. And he knows it's an angel because what, what happens? He fears it like all of us would do, you know, because we fear the unknown. We always fear the unknown. But we know the one who's over the unknown, then fear is cast out because fear is false evidence appearing real, and all we do is focus on the fear, and that's what the enemy wants to do to you and I. He wants to snuff out the hope. But holding on to the promises every day. Hello? Are you going to hold on to God's promises? He said he never leave you nor forsake you? Then why do you feel alone? Because you're focusing on what we're going through. I get it. I understand. But I can tell you, I've been in some situations in my life where I had to say no, no, no. There was a situation with Sister Paula. She had, at one point in her life, I think she was trying to get a record in surgeries. <clears throat> and there was one time there was a surgery, she had a tumor, and it was, it, it, was, it was bleak. It was really bleak. That girl would not be the same, the same person today. It would have it majorly changed her in many ways. And we came out with our chins just cupping up sand. But I finally said, and there was another time that she had another tumor, and they were talking, you know, all this stuff. And I, I just said, no, 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 no. God has us for such a time as this, and we are not going to allow the enemy to rattle our cage when we are in the midst of what God's trying to do. Because when you know you're in the will of God, you cannot let the enemy rattle your cage. And I did not. So that tumor there, they said, terrible. But when he got to the tumor and just pulled on it, he said, this is his words. I just pulled on it. 
because these have like octopus and they just wrap around nerves. And he said, I just pulled on it. And when I pulled on it, all the, all the nerves unwrapped by themselves. You know how the tumor came out? You know how the tumor came out? It came out like this. He pulled it out and it all unraveled. There was no damage to all the, the nerves and everything that it was wrapped around. None at all. He said, he said, that is not typical. And I said, because God is on the scene. That happened. You give him praise. You give him praise. But that happened. How many weeks when we were first there? What, a month? Not even a month. I didn't know nobody in the whole city. I had two kids on a mission from God. And God decided to test us. And it wasn't easy. I like to say that test just ended there, but it was a continual deal. But God has hope, and you've got to hold on to it. You can't let it go. You can't let the devil steal your joy. The joy of the Lord is my. The joy of the Lord is my. If it's a joy of the Lord, your strength, it doesn't come when you're feeling good. It comes a decisive decision when you are pressed. That's when you have to decide who your God is and start to say, no, no, no. I know in whom I believe. I am persuaded. See? you got to know God. And yes, sometimes you will go through some hardships and it will be very, very difficult. But in the midst of a storm, the sun still shines. And you have to remind yourself of that. You have to remind yourself of that. Because sometimes you won't have people around you to remind you. There's been many times in my life that I had to, like David did when, when he was in the city of, at, his, at Nob. Was it Nob? Not Nob. It was um, Ziglag. You know, he had to encourage himself in the Lord. Sometimes we have to do that because you don't have the, the Aaron and hers. God doesn't always provide them. Thank God when he does. And when he does, you've got to shout and give God glory when he gives you the Aaron and hers. Someone say amen. But Zechariah missed it because all he saw it was through his perspective. And God was offering all this hope, but his mind, his thoughts, his energy didn't go toward that. What he went? He went to the natural, not the supernatural. He went to what he understood, not what he didn't understood. He went to his words, not what the angels' words were saying. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. We always go to what we think. Can I tell you something? I've been through a little education, just finished a doctorate, all that stuff there. Do you know, and I'll tell, I tell people this, and then you shouldn't say that. Eh, I say usually what I think I need to say. I still feel like I know nothing. God is so vast. His ways are higher than our ways. And I just want you to know that God just wants you to take each journey one step at a time. And I want to remind you today with hope, God with you. God with us. How many can believe that God wants to do something great in your life still? Come on. You know, a lot of times you say, well, pastor, I'm this age now, and well, I have the shirt, I wore it out, and listen, put a new shirt on. Put a new shirt on. That's all you have to do. Stop talking about the old shirt, talk about all rips, and yeah, 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 and all this. Put a new shirt on. Learn something new. Put your hands to the plow. Enjoy the gift that God gives you in the present. It's called the present. Unwrap it daily. Hallelujah. Don't give it. You know, when Caleb was, again, uh, Caleb was gone through the whole 40 years, he was innocent. And his Caleb ready to go back in war. Over 80 years old. And he's willing to take the land. And he takes the land. You want to talk about, don't give your age as an excuse. 
With God, mm-hmm. let's get it down in a hot. Ready? Let's say, with God, all things are what? Come on, with God, all things are what? That's what faith is. You rise up and to know who God wants to do in you and through you. And when you grab hold of it, yes, you're going to go through some storms. Yes, it's going to be pressure. Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, you're going to be like, oh, I hate this, Lord. I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> but I trust you. Come on, someone say, but I trust you. Come on, say, but I trust you, Lord, because you're with me. Mm. Don't get me going. I'll preach another, I'll preach another hour. Hmm. I don't know about you. But I think all of us need to understand that Zechariah couldn't understand it because God was giving him hope for his future, for his legacy. He was going to do so much. I mean, when you look at what he's about to do in this one young lad who's going to be John the Baptist, an incredible servant of God, God saving the best for last. <sighs> he couldn't get it. So then he had to, couldn't speak until everything was performed. Let me leave you with one more. If you were to take your Bibles, and you can do this if you choose to, but if you go to Mark chapter 5, verse 25, you'll find the story about a woman who had a blood disorder for 12 years. Love this story. Hmm. I love this story. Because it's a story of great hope. It's really a story of, of hope, but even it's a bold hope. It's, it's, it's this, this enormous belief system that this woman who's been doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor for 12 years still not healed part of society didn't want her she was ostracized she had this problem most 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 theologians believe she started off wealthy and ended up poor and if you've been to a lot of doctors you know a lot you know exactly what i mean Man, so nowadays, man, they want their money up front. You know what I mean? It's like, what's going to, is the insurance going to carry it? And what much are you going to pay? And no, it is. And, and you know, if you pay it up front, you save 20%. So I'm not just let you know. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy sometimes. Nevertheless, this young lady that couldn't get healed by no doctor, she had bold hope. And she pressed through the crowd. And she didn't listen to what other people said. Because she heard what Jesus had done. She saw what Jesus had done. And she said to this in her mind, if Jesus can do it for them, if Jesus can heal others, then if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just push and press and touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Did you see that hope she had? An angel's in front of Zechariah, an angel of the Lord, and he can't believe it. This lady sees the miraculous works that Jesus is doing and saying, you know what, I'm going to impress through the crowd. And she pushes in to touch the helm. And she just says, if I can just touch him, I, I have so much hope. This bo- I'm going to do this thing. She gets healed because she presses through the mess. I want you to get that, press through the mess. Because most people quit. Most people quit. And if you don't quit, you'll win. Winners never quit. And quitters never win. It's a true thing that you have to get the gumption in you to know who your God is and not be wimpy about it. Passivity is not part of the gospel. Did you get that? 
Passivity is not part of the gospel. Fervency is. And let our fervency of hope to know God is with us no matter what we go through. He's for you. He's on your side. And he is going to do something because here goes. The best is yet to come. Can you stand to your feet? The gospel changes our life. The gospel changes who we are. The gospel has been given to us for such a time as this. And in order for other people to know and have an experience with the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to make sure that we give ourselves in the right place. And we understand God is with us. And when God is with us, it brings us hope in every situation. Maybe you're watching online and maybe... We know that many people struggle around Christmas time. Christmas for some are not always joyous. Maybe you're here today and sometimes, you know, there's some things that come along with the holidays or happens during the times like this season. I understand that. I do understand that a lot. But he's with us. He's with you. And I want to just invite you to know Jesus Christ is your Savior. If you're here today and Jesus is not your Savior, you're not all in. It's sort of like what Pastor Biddle said. He was all in that day. He was a life transformational. We need to have a moment where we're transformed. We're not the same person because we truly understand what Jesus Christ has done for us. He's changed us on the inside. We're not the same person. I am not the same person I once was because of the transformation power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants that for every single person. And it's not just a one-time deal. Someone say, it's more. Come on. It's more, oh, so much more. But are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? How much more of God do you want? Because you can have as much as God as you want. You just got to continue to come to the table. Come to the table. How many of you would just say, I just need Jesus. I need a little bit more Jesus. I need a little bit more hope in my life. Yeah, yeah. How many would just say, I need a little bit more reminder that God's with me, even though what I'm going through, God is with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, this is the beauty. This is the beauty. God is with you. Lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven. And we're going to go before Father. We're going to ask His Holy Spirit to come and help us and to know that God is with us. Father, we praise you. We thank you, God, for who you are. Your word says you are with us. We give you the praise. We give you the thanks. We give you the honor because there is none like you. I pray that you touch those online. I pray right now that you wrap your arms around them to give them hope. Lord, give them hope, Lord, to day right now as they just cry out to you of what their need is i pray for each person here lord as they lift their hands to you and god this is an area of my life god i just want you to show up and show off god i i want you to touch my family uh, touch my children uh, lord touch my grandchildren father i just pray help me lord help me to be the light and the salt that you called me to be father we ask this in jesus name can you give him some praise can you give him some praise blessed be his name blessed be his name the altars are always open, always open. We're going to go out with a worship song. Oh, come, let us adore him. And I just take a moment to prepare your hearts. Enjoy this time to enjoy him and to adore him. He's worthy. He's worthy. If there's something upon your heart, you just want to spend some time in prayer. The altars are always open because altars will alter our life. Amen? Let's worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, he 
is a name for We'll praise his name forever. We'll praise his name forever. Christ the Lord. For you worthy of it all. You thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.